0: Welcome, everyone who's joining now currently in uh, the live uh, episode of our DNA uh, Extraordinary Leaders in Life and Business Lunch and Learn episode. Um, I first want to actually start with giving a huge thumbs up to all the people who have been listening in the past year. Um, We're at the end of the year and we did uh, an amazing growth with our network, uh, 28% growth in executive network. We did about 15 podcast show offline. We had 10 lunch and learns over the past year with some amazing guests talking about their experience as senior leader within organizations and how they look at things. So not just the standard beautiful reports, surveys of those big big guys, but really looking at what do we learn, what can we learn from real life being in a certain position and real life engagements in companies. Now. Um, On request of many, uh, we heard over the year, guys, we really want to understand the value of what it means to be data-driven as an organization, and also what it means to convince our senior leadership to invest more. Why is it so important? Um, After looking within our network, uh, we uh, were glad and we really, really appreciate it, Olga, that you're joining us as co-host. Um, we asked Olga to join us in this Lunch and Learn to explain from her perspective what it means to be a data-driven marketer and how that will help you with growth, with strategy, etc., etc. A little bit about Olga, because I had to look it up. Uh, we didn't met before we started talking about the the, the podcast, um, but she has an amazing track record, guys. So Amazing. 15 years of experience in digital marketing for B2B tech companies. And I will also also work for B2B tech companies, but 15 years experience. And that's experience you guys are going to show, she's going to show you later in this podcast. She was a former co-founder of um, Art Bizumi. Is that correct? Yes. Is that correct? Cool. Um, Several senior director and VP positions. One of them was for SEMrush. Uh, A lot of you guys will know SEMrush, but also for VM software. And, Amazing background. Currently, you're the CMO for Got Photo? Yep. Cool, cool. So I did it correct. I resumed it correct. (laughs) Um, So I'm really, really excited for today to have a conversation with you, Olga. And again, thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much for inviting. This is like one of my favorite topics. And uh, unfortunately it's not that frequently covered probably because of the complexity of it. Or I mean, the discussions are t- tend to be kind of superficial and like, hey, everyone is talking about like data-driven marketing but very few succeed in doing so. So I'm so excited about uh, today's conversation. So thank you very much.
0: Cool, cool, cool. Um, Just a bit of householding for the people joining live. Uh, At the end of the uh, session, you will have full opportunity to ask your questions. If you have questions which are pending, feel free to put them in the chat and we will handle them at the end of of, uh, our our session. Um, A little bit about me, you guys already know me, so I'm gonna keep it quite short, but I'm the co-founder of DNA. Uh, We are an, uh, an organization which focuses basically on four pillars of service we coach, We uh, 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 consult, we connect people like you with other specialists, and this is also one of the opportunities to do so, and we co-create, and this is one of our co-creation opportunities where we work with executives to give you guys the information you would not get by reading just a simple report. (laughs) Um, Olga, data-driven marketing. We we initially uh, started with a conversation around how to interpret data and make an impact. Uh, one of the conversations we had this week in our pre-conversation uh, is that, uh, like you also mentioned, data-driven marketing is something actually quite really vague. The question is, what, what is it actually?
1: Yeah. Oh, my God. I love this. <laughs> I love this start. So um, I think data-driven marketing starts with uh, with you. First, paying attention to data, and secondly, uh, actually using it for making decisions, because it's very often, uh, in my experience, I've seen the cases when there is some data, there is some analytics set up, but when it comes to the forming strategy, when it comes to establishing budgets, when it comes to understanding the process and like what's working, what's not working, all of a sudden data is being ignored and we go with gut feeling, we go with the industry knowledge, so to speak, and hey, it's like 2023 and I think if there is anything that the past years, like the past few years showed us, is that your experience expires so quickly you cannot rely on and at the same time you cannot rely on the gut feeling because you know what there are so many factors that you need to take into account that unfortunately human mind sometimes uh, cannot grasp grasp fully so i would say first and foremost data-driven marketing is when your decisions are truly backed up with the data
0: I think this is a really good answer, and uh, the, the uh, what I want to add to this one because I've seen that still now, after 25 years, I've, I've, I've done some some marketing lead roles in the past uh, as interim, uh, and every time when we have a conversation around strategy, it's basically, we define a strategy, 5% growth, 10% growth, uh, reduced churn with X percent by XYZ, and then we talk to sales, and they come up with two or three clients who have an idea on where the future is, and then we start building our strategy around that topic. It's almost never funded by real, actual data. Now, before we start deep diving in the marketing aspect of data, there's a lot of data out there and a lot of data you gather within your organization. Often, my feeling, I'm going to talk about feeling, because it may not be true, but my feeling is that we are looking at data from a siloed perspective. We have the customer experience team, and we have Tom on uh, uh, here, who's a real customer experience advocate. Uh, We look at the customer experience side of things, then we have marketing, and then we have sales, and those are all different silos. And somehow it's quite difficult to get all those silos working together to shape the future of your strategy. What would be your takeaway if you look at those silos? How can we bring them together?
1: Oh, my God. Okay, so the second question, and again, I love it. (laughs) So uh, 100%, this is my experience as well, and your feeling is spot on. Um, Every company has tons of data. The problem is every department has their own source of truth. And then, like, from the marketing perspective, uh, let's talk about collaboration with the customer teams. It's usually like tug of war situation when marketing has this data set and this interpretation and they say, hey, we're working great. It's the sales team. Uh, They are not doing their job and the sales team. Hey, look at our conversion rates. These are great. It's you guys who are not providing us enough quality leads. And so the first and immediate uh, takeaway from, again, what you just shared and from my experience, it is that you need to create unified consolidated data source and this data source starts with building like proper data warehouse that connects all these siloed data sources from different departments into one view and it sounds easy but it usually takes like years because you need to agree on definitions like okay what do you consider to be a success what you need to track you need to agree on uh, things like attribution windows you you need to agree okay who do we consider you know our customer what do we consider expansion um so a lot of like kpi discussions etc obviously there is the technical aspect okay so how do we clean up data how do we deduct make sure that there, there is like the duplication done cetera, and so on and so forth but after you are doing this exercise you're Your world is so much better because everyone has one source of truth and it already eliminates so many pending questions, concerns, and sometimes frustrations just because you see the same picture as again, the sales leader, the customer leader, CEO of the whole organization. So first and foremost, connect all data sources in one single source of truth. And secondly, agree on what you define what. So these are like two key takeaways for me.
0: Yeah, these are great. These are these ones are great. Often it's disparative and we get all, in all of the discussion. I've been in many, many board meetings and where we talk about strategy. And the first question, how do we, how do we define this strategy? What are the foundations of the strategy?
1: Yes. And uh, uh, another thing to that is um, we're usually tracking data and everyone forgot what we're actually tracking. So it's very often, okay, so these numbers dropped. And uh, especially when you're a newcomer, you tend to question uh, certain things and sometimes challenge certain practices. And it has been a repetitive experience for myself that you come in into an organization and they're tracking something and it's just historical setup. So uh, there is no like real foundation nowadays to track these particular numbers in this particular view. But because this is like the historical setup, you just keep on doing this. Uh, so again, when you are going to do this exercise of uniting all the data sources, uh, you actually have, again, this conversation, okay, but why are we tracking these metrics? Okay, and why are we defining this? And uh, when you have clean data, uh, it's so easier, again, to also um, prove, you know, certain th- the need for, again, for data and uh, the use of it, just because these numbers are going to be first fresh, secondly, reliable. And so it will be much easier for you to come up with a strategy.
0: Well, you mentioned you mentioned KPIs, and I think this is one uh, really important. Um... Look, I work on the um, when I work on change management programs within organizations mm-hmm. and on strategy programs, we always talk about KPIs. and you have the standard set of KPIs. And often I wonder, how do these KPIs, these KPIs are measuring basically what we are doing and the number of sales the number of conversions, the number of bloody, 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 blah, blah. But KPIs are evolving. Uh, In the past, we talked about goal setting. Now we talk about OKRs. Um, Things are evolving around the whole perception of how do we measure success for an organization. Uh, I'm wondering from your perspective, if if you see a trend in changing KPIs or what are the KPIs you should use and what can you derive from that? Because I think that it's great to look at the past, better to think about the future. The past is gone. We can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. The moment you have done it, it's you can't influence it anymore. But the thing is that how do we tell the story? Because I think marketing and with everything we do, we tell stories. People love stories. And when I'm in a boardroom or when I'm talking in my coaching practices with executives, I talk about stories, life stories. And those stories are the ones that drive our future. Looking at KPIs, what do you think is important? one to measure initially, if you took it in the early stages, and what are the KPIs? What was the evolution of those KPIs towards the future? What should you be measuring? How should you look at that data?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, well, I'll tell you a story. (laughs) So uh, when I joined Veeam, which is like a huge enterprise company and now a unicorn, I remember it very vividly that marketing was measured by uh, qualified leads. And as we were evolving, again, there were there were these conversations about, okay, but the sales team do not always find our marketing qualified leads actually of high quality. And so through the years we we were coming, you know, towards each other. And um, through the years I've seen this progress from, okay, uh, functional KPIs b- becoming secondary KPIs, and the revenue numbers becoming the unanimous uh, shared KPI across the board. And this is the trend that I'm seeing these days, and I'm super happy about this. Uh, Companies realize that, okay, you can generate as many leads (laughs) as you can, MQLs, SQLs, conversion rates uh, may grow insanely, but it does not really matter if you do not generate revenue, and thus the whole organization should be measured by revenue, and the uh, the concern that I usually receive at this point uh, is, okay, Olga, but uh, what happens with activities like brand marketing, you know, or dark social media that we cannot measure by revenue uh, directly, but that's the case, like when we talk about the general efforts of the marketing again uh, if your social media game does not translate at some point into let's say brand organic growth then you are probably doing something wrong so yes you may not measure brand marketing directly by the direct uh, directly attributed revenue but you can build this journey between again dark social to direct traffic, to branded organic traffic. And that way you can still connect the final result, the revenue back to everything that you are doing, which can uh, be hardly measured again directly. So, the second point here is that revenue is <laughs> is a very direct uh, KPI again across the board. It is something that every department understands, right? So and if you have shared KPI, like revenue, again, between the sales, all of a sudden, uh, because you have the shared KPI, Uh, you are on the same side you're in the same boat so it's no longer again the conversation of okay your mqls are not of the great quality oh no you guys do not follow up in the right time right so okay you see that okay revenue is dropping so what should we do? Let's have this conversation together. So uh, this trend of unification, I would say, uh, is something that I think makes perfect sense for me. But it also shows how companies are now way mm, become way mm, more focused on you know on the growth, uh, on the direct growth, and are less charmed by you know uh, amazing stories of some initiative. Uh, of some crazy creative campaigns because they're like at the end of the day it's always okay this campaign has been super creative thank you very much but what revenue did it brought did it bring yeah
0: yeah what i found is uh wendy actually posted this week a post um and i I found it actually really interesting said you guys are um you do a lot of marketing you do a lot of posts you connect with a lot of people why is your revenue not growing What is going wrong? Why is your revenue not impacted by all the activities you do? And I really enjoyed that post because it it gets you thinking. We're doing a lot of efforts. We're doing marketing. We're doing sales. We have a sales team. We have an operations team. We have customer experience teams out there who are doing all their best to influence the the revenue. But somehow it's difficult to measure. And you're mentioning one thing really great. We Mm -hmm. all targeted on revenue. In the past, it was different. Your MQLs, your SQLs um they don't that doesn't say anything my experience is quite simple uh, i've done some of those marketing comes up with leads we had it in salesforce uh, we implemented everything and you saw so many mqls and then, then they were pushed to the sales pipeline and nothing was followed up because sales thought they were bullshit so at the end of the day we didn't get anywhere the thing is that how do we make sure that that data-driven culture that 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 view on how to get that revenue that Culture is driven within marketing teams and the broader organization. And this is actually a a, a question I have. How do we foster that? A data-driven culture across the organization.
1: Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So, well, first, yeah, obviously it's not an easy task. Otherwise, again, every company would have been, you know, data-driven and we won't be discussing, uh, we wouldn't be discussing this. So I think first and foremost, it starts with leadership and the mindset of the company. Right, Because you cannot be data-driven company, but then when you, again, being asked about the results, uh, everyone asks your personal interpretation and not, again, data-driven picture. So it definitely starts with leadership, and this is uh, what I've been seeing uh, in my experience. So both Veeam and SEMrush and now the uh, God Photo company that I recently joined, they're all hyper-growth companies. And the essence of their decision-making on the leadership level is data. So first, obviously, yeah, you agree, again, on the C-level, obviously, it also comes from the founder and their mindset that you pay attention to data as a leader. You need to instill this habit. Secondly it all starts with people and and it means that if you don't have a designated function with the organization uh, to do data analysis, uh, to do data analysis across departments and not just within certain functions, then again, I don't wanna say you're doomed, but you've got a problem to fix. So establishing a dedicated function towards business analytics which is cross-functional is so important because it's usually when, you know, a marketing department, let's say, they hire a marketing analyst. So you have the marketing view on certain analytics and you have marketing interpretation. But again, in this case, you're lacking the connection with all the other departments. And honestly, uh, also, again, marketing analytics is slightly different from, again, machine learning, you know, skill set, statistical uh, analytics. So the question here is how do you build this, you know, two-way connection? So there is, again, marketing view on the analytics, and there is, again, this business view on the analytics, which does not have the marketing bias on on, on data interpretation. So I would say this is definitely the second step. And the third step is enabling, you know, the, uh, the tool set, the processes for it. So, obviously, again, having this data warehouse built out, uh, building, you know, the regular process of data reviews, of uh, data revisit, uh, and the way that, again, we have all the data uh, intertwined <laughs> between uh, f- from all the multiple data sources. I would say, like, these three things are key. So, gr- growth mindset, a dedicated function, and, again, platform and processes established.
0: I like the I like I like the dedicated function, but that's often missing. Eh? Data what? analytics is really um, um, a different uh, specialism. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen it in, in a lot of our companies. Uh, I'm really data driven, but also logical. I worked for twenty years for data data organizations, so I didn't have much choice in that perspective. Uh, but that specific function, who is able to 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 get all of that information together. I want to give the word uh, to Tom, because Tom has a question. And it's easier for me to let Tom ask his question himself, knowing him. <laughs> so join the, join the conversation, Tom.
2: Hi, Rahim. Hi, Olga. Hi. hi. Hi, hi,
1: Wendy. Nice meeting you. Hi.
2: Hi. Um, yeah, I have a question regarding the KPIs, which you touched uh, earlier on. Isn't the problem with KPIs often that people um, select KPIs either because that is what everybody does or because it's the only thing they have at hands rather than really analyzing, okay, what KPI has a real correlation with the objective we want to reach, right? You've given examples of of, uh, qualified marketing leads and so on. I usually use the example because we are more on on the post-sales side uh, of customer churn where I think 90% of the companies tracks NPS because it helps them to predict churn. Well, if there's one thing NPS does not do is predict churn. I mean, there's no correlation at all between NPS and the churn, but everybody does it because everybody does it. (laughs) So my question is, isn't the problem with KPIs more that people just Select KPIs because everybody does it, or it's the only thing we have, rather than really analyzing what KPI correlates really with our objective we want to reach. And then if you can do that, you, you know, one or two KPIs is more than enough. Rather than having six or seven, where, you know, it just you, you just go berserk because you have to track five, six, seven KPIs
1: yeah this is a great question uh so first yes it's so easy just you know to follow suit and just you know track what everyone's striking um and here i would say uh the question first and foremost to the leadership um so um to give you an example uh as as a leader what i try to do uh whenever i join a new company or a new project the first thing i do that not everyone usually enjoys is a challenge, the general view on, okay, what we are tracking and the most important factor, why we're doing so. So like we discussed, it's very often like the historical setup, someone decided so, or someone read about this on LinkedIn, let's say, that it should be tracked. So yes, and I think, again, the main task here is on leadership side to challenge the common practices And uh, what I love uh, to say, uh, to create your own best practices, because uh, going back to also the question that uh, Rahim raised, like, okay, so we're doing all of this, but we're not growing. So it means that you're on the wrong path, right? So the first thing that you're doing is, okay, you go and revisit everything that you've done before. And it includes, again, the way uh, that you track everything and uh, to give you a more specific example so I had this experience uh, in uh, in one of my companies so we used to have like certain business segments split that we were tracking and uh, the revenue uh, has been decreasing but this uh, segmentation that we used did not really tell us any story so everything was okay kind of dropping so what we did is we revisited the Segmentation itself, because again, it was not telling us any stories; it was not giving us any insights. And so, the moment that we started doing more, um, more segmented way within the existing segmentation, all of a sudden we realized that hey, the problem is on the expansion side. So uh, we, we saw a certain pattern within the uh, within the behavior. So again, the bottom line: leadership should challenge. All the practices and create their own on a regular basis. The second factor that you mentioned is um, I would say the very a very common mistake in general uh for those who do not have like the m- maths uh, background is mixing correlation with uh causation, right? So NPS churn oh, they're kind of about the similar thing, so why don't we connect? Or, hey, our NPAs has been decreasing, our churn rate has been increasing, let's connect them. So obviously, again, um, statistically, you need to prove that there is correlation, right? And so it's very often that we just rely on our, you know, on very quick and easy conclusions. Oh, we see certain things, so we think that are happening simultaneously, so we think that they're connected uh the basic approach is in Mm -hmm. analytics okay you have the hypothesis that chorn and nps are connected you need to prove that they are connected if you have not proven it then the correlation does not exist Uh, so be brave and challenge you know what you're seeing around because hey if you're going to do what everyone is doing you're not going to be the leader right because you're going to do the same thing as others. So think about what can be done differently. And uh, I would say also challenge yourself as well, because the more experience you get, the more confident you are about your own conclusions. And you fall into this trap of, again, your previous experience. So, yeah, it's I would say it's, uh, it's hurting for your ego, but hey, the first person that you need to challenge is yourself. And if you think that something is connected, go to the analytics team and double check with them. Is it really connected? Am I I doing it right or am I doing it wrong? Oh,
0: love it. Love it. Amazing answer. Um, We're running at basically the end of our uh, 30-minute lunch and learn. Uh, I want to open it up for questions. But before we do that, What would be your, let's say your top three tips on making data-driven strategies a part of the executive way of steering the organization?
1: Mm, Okay, Uh, I'll tell you this, (laughs) you already mentioned one, which is the most important, is telling the stories. Now your audience, your audience is executive audience. So please don't show these crazy Excel sheets which say nothing treat your analytics data as a marketer meaning when you build a landing page you think okay i don't want to overcomplicate it for my audience so i'm going to have this pretty layout and i'm going to provide very clear selling points and there will be cda what i need from the audience what i expect from the audience treat and uh, treat analytics data uh the same manner as you treat landing pages meaning you don't show the whole like build up there instead you show the selling points what needs to to be shown and you provide very clear conclusions and most important you provide clear CDA. so know that, that your audience is executive and prepare the view for them with clear takeaways and let them know what you expect from them. So that's, I would say, the principle just uh, for for you know data presentation. And talking more about telling stories with data presentation is visualization is again important because um, the the comparison that I like to make is the data is like a set of uh, a pile of uh, Lego lego parts and uh, i mean if it's not properly you know built out and put all together it it's like it's no fun it's hurting no one enjoys it so instead use your data parts as lego parts to build something meaningful and present the meaningful picture to the executive audience don't just you know, throw in this pile of separate data points, like, hey, deal with it. Uh, So be a marketer of your own data and tell the story and prepare it for the executive audience. And most important, add the CTA, call to action, what you want from the executive team after showing your presentation. And I'm quite sure it's going to be great for you.
0: Amazing. It's an amazing business case for growth. How do you pitch your business case for growth? Hey guys, um, this was really amazing. I think we added a lot of value to the people who are in the call, uh, just a bit of a, a householding what's going to happen next year. Um, for next year, we have a lot of cool things planned. Uh, of course, we're going to continue with our Lunch and Learns. Uh, so you're going to get them every single month with amazing people like Olga <laughs> joining us, uh, but probably Tom will join us again uh, uh, with uh, with his experience on customer experience. But I think that's also a really important topic to, to tackle. Um, another thing we are currently doing is we are launching new online courses. Uh, online courses, which are basically simple. It's just a, a brain dump on our experiences. And we are also inviting people like Olga and, 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 and Tom in the future to add more short courses to help you guys get a bit of a different thinking, to get you guys started with your organization. If you start up, scale up or corporate, give you some new insights, new views on how you can tackle certain situations. Um, In addition, we are planning to do quarterly meetings, also uh, initially here in Barcelona. Uh, We're going to also invite some guests to Barcelona. It's a beautiful city. Uh, The weather is now quite okay looking outside, but I want to get you guys in Barcelona to have a real good conversation. And the idea basically is not even the idea. As you guys know, we do peer-to-peer. We are inviting peers to talk about their topics uh, from a marketing perspective, operations perspective, customer experience. We're trying to get those guys together. And that's an amazing way of learning fast, uh, learning from other people's experience and getting those different perspectives. So that all is gonna be coming in the next year, uh, just for you guys to know. So keep watching us, uh, subscribe to our channels, uh, join us. Uh, We really appreciate you guys uh, being part of our community. Olga, this was amazing. I want to say fucking amazing. I can say fucking amazing. It's my own podcast. Who <laughs> cares? <Yeah>. This was <laughs> fucking amazing. <laughs> 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 this was fucking amazing. I want to open up the floor if there are questions. Uh, so I'm going to uh, 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 shut up for a second. It's really difficult for me, guys. You know that. I can't shut up. I'm going to give you a few seconds. If you want to ask a question, unmute. Put it on your camera if you want to. If you're dressed and you're looking cozy, Uh, with your Christmas hat. But feel free to open up your mic and uh, if you have a question. I'm gonna shut up now for a few seconds. It's quiet. I see George. Yes. You have a question. How do you make data analytics for non-high-tech businesses?
1: Okay, um, so uh, I hate uh, that my answer is probably too simple, but I would say actually th- the same manner. So um, I would not necessarily see a lot of differences in the approaches between high tech versus non high tech, because at the end of the day, the like key pillars. Uh, for building data analytics are the same. First, uh, define the goal. Okay, so why do you need data analytics? So do you wanna understand uh, like what happened in the past? Do you want to uh, understand uh, what are the future trends? Uh, so be specific about your goals. Secondly, again, understand what you want to track based on these goals. So, again, whether you want to expand in the market, whether you want to compete uh, your competition, uh, beat your competition, uh, whether, again, you want to do, like, the historical analysis uh, of the revenue factors and so on and so forth. So once you define what you're going to track, then make sure that you have right people in place. I understand that probably you may not have, like, the uh, the capacity to hire, you know, full-time, uh, team for doing, you know, analytics and machine learning. But hey, there are so many uh, part-time uh, analysts and tools uh, that enable machine learning uh, without having a full team in place. So making sure that you have it covered from the human resources and uh, finally implementing the tools. So again, the question here is. Olga, we don't have the budget, for example, for it, like to implement, you know, expensive BI or something. So, but yeah, there are like free uh, uh, tools like Data Studio and the Google Analytics. There is a free version f- uh, for you. So again, outsource, uh, outsource, hire a freelancer to help you set up the tracking and... Uh, that there you go so the steps are more or less the same the question i think here is about the uh, capacity like the dedicated time uh and here you find the balance uh but <laughs> the most difficult part it's usually just to start and uh, for that you need obviously to do a pitch to your leadership team uh, and uh, you already know that, okay, it's going to be not the analytics exercise, it's going to be the marketing exercise, building, you know, as a kind of a sales pitch uh, for for building data. And I love what Tom just shared, like, you can start with Excel if you have no budget. <laughs> yeah, 100%, you can start with Excel. And, yeah, and there are, like, again, tons of tools out there, tons of people who even offer, you know, free consultation um and linkedin provides tons of tutorials and cheat sheets and how tos so just start just start with it
0: like it i think that just start is the is, is the key here and uh, also to, to to add to this one look we are also a small company i, I come i work for corporates and i work for corporates for years and for startups, with scale ups um we are a small company but we also use our data analytics Uh, through our CRM, through what we see happening in LinkedIn, on our posts, the engagements, et cetera. But also in our community, we really check where do we actually add value? And we continually ask also our audience, where can we add value? Because that's the thing. eh? It's not only gathering the data, but you can also ask. eh? Contact your top 50 clients and ask them, how are we adding value? Or where can we add more value to the success of your organization? It's a basic data set but it will really help you get an outside-in view on your business and how you're performing and not how you think you're performing because the data says something. Um, I think one of the takeaways I have also from this meeting today is um, data can help us drive and foster data-driven decisions, but not everything is about data. Not everything is about data. Uh, I see a question coming in from Priscilla. How can data help services company generate more leads and where where to start with data?
1: Yeah, okay. Um, so how can data help? Okay, where, where, where uh, do we start with data? Okay, so first and foremost, uh, if you're already an established business, I would definitely, uh, my first immediate step, go and check the historical data again, understanding what exactly have we, we've been tracking, like what's the attribution we know, et cetera, et cetera, yada, yada. But the most important thing is use what you already have and uh, play around with it, right? So try to identify the patterns, the commonalities in what you see. So uh, that's the first thing. If you don't have the historical data then, okay, first and foremost, start, again, doing this, like we already discussed, like get buy-in, implement certain tools. And again, understand you wanna generate more leads. Okay, so think about uh, what type of leads actually you want to generate, right? So if you have historical data, you may realize that your growth lies not within the amount of leads, meaning not, it's not more leads, but probably it's even less leads, but of different quality coming from different sources. So, and this is where I really appreciate, you know, the uh, qualitative side that Eurohim just mentioned. So if, for example, again, you don't have historical data, go and talk to your customers. And again, you may understand that it's not the question about the quantity of leads that you generate, but the quality. And the Again, generating fewer leads, but uh, with higher average revenue per user may be more beneficial and ROI efficient for you than the quantity. Um, So these are, I would say, like two immediate steps that I would take. So again, checking historical data, if not starting doing this, and again, if both are not uh, available yet, uh, also talk to your customers.
0: So, Priscilla, I hope this answers your question. Uh, I, I may have something to add uh, just a bit from my experience. When we started DNA a few years ago, uh, when we moved to Spain, um, we had a vision of making, uh, developing extraordinary leaders in life and business. And our focus area was only on senior leaders, executives. And we thought it was a really great market. The Problem, however, is that senior leaders and executives are quite silent online they don't show themselves. There are only a few who like to show themselves, a few who like to connect. So we found that it was really difficult to engage with, the, with those guys. Uh, we we Based on our conversations with, with our network, we found out that these were not the guys we should convince. It's actually the guys working for these guys. And we started slowly changing our focus and adding more value not only on executive level but helping you guys become the best leader you can be and not only in business by the way we also focus on life because i i'm I'm a strong believer that you cannot be a leader if you're not in control of your life Uh, you're going to be running on adrenaline you're going to be trying to get your career up and running and be the best leader and then you drop um so um it's continuously looking at the information you can get. And sometimes it's a lot. And if you have a lot of clients, a lot of data, it's great. If your market is large, it's amazing. If you do B2C, you'll have a massive volume of data at a certain point. in B2B, there will be a lot less. And when you are a, a smaller organization like we are uh, as, as consulting organization, you will have again less information. But it is trying to figure out what happened in the past, what data can we gather, what data can we gather for free, because that's the the majority. And then look at how can we build up our way of working to get additional data. Uh, We use our CRM. We are starting to figure out more ways of engaging with clients on a different way that's giving us more information. It's a a process. It's a continuous process of wanting to learn. One thing I wanna uh, uh, put in there is that try to have a legitimate and a real interest in what you're offering to clients, what their pain points are. Make sure that in everything you do, you gain a real understand on who the person is you're trying to help. I'm not saying sell to, because that's again a a thing we are selling like hell. I see it on LinkedIn, all those posts, look at my services, look how good I am. they're going, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah." You're one of the 20 guys sending me an, an email offering services. People are not looking for that. People are looking for you to add value. And for adding value, you need to do A-B testing. You need to test what message works, what message doesn't work, and how can we start building that out? Hey, looking at the time, uh, 45 minutes. I always promise you guys to stay within the 45 minutes. Thank you so much, Tom, by the way, for joining. As always, appreciate it. Have a good weekend, buddy. Um, It's 45 minutes. If there's no more questions, uh, then I'm gonna slowly uh, end the call. Uh, If you guys have questions, you want to have more information, feel free to connect with Wendy or myself uh, or Olga uh, via LinkedIn. Send us a direct message or contact us directly. We're always happy to help. If you have topics you want to address in the future, of course, contact us again. Um, Ending this, Olga, you were amazing. You rock. Uh, Olga is our rock star of the month
1: (laughs) oh my god thank you thank you so much you are too kind i enjoyed our conversation so much and yeah tom has already left but tom and rahim you you guys definitely you know it reached the whole discussion with so many great great points that you added so thank you thank you a lot and hey the good conversation always starts with the great questions so rahim these were great questions thank you very much
0: <laughs> thanks all have a lovely christmas uh enjoy the time with your family friends whatever you're gonna go do but take some time to rest take some time to enjoy life at, at, at itself and i look forward to seeing you guys next year and priscilla yes there is a replay i'll share it with you have a lovely day weekend and see you soon